0: to the movie planet joining me is the surter to my hella steve welcome back again to the mcu good afternoon morning sir morning. whatever time it is yes how is it going it's fantastic <laughs> it's 9 30 in the morning your time yes yes i'm a full yes. hour behind so i'd wake up a little bit earlier today uh, this week we're tackling the third movie in the thor series and the 17th in the marvel cinematic universe thor ragnarok a comedy on this show, we'll keep track of all the movies. worth your time in our Movie Planet Pantheon. And the comic book Movie Planet Preserve is comprised of seven and only seven films. In order to be inducted, it's gotta be reviewed by us. And they are number one, Deadpool. Number two, Iron Man. Number three, The Dark Knight. Number four, Batman Begins. Number five, The Great Doctor Strange. Number six, Captain America Civil War. And number seven, Captain America The Winter Soldier. Now, the higher we grade this movie, the longer it may be staying there. Only a film with a higher grade can kick it out on its butt from the preserve in the future. So, we will discuss this movie, and in an hour, or so we will analyze it and grade it and figure out if we need to boot a movie out. This is a spoiler-rich podcast, so if you haven't seen 2017 Thor Ragnarok, it's best if you stop right here, watch the movie, and then turn us back on to enjoy our discussion and analysis. But now that we finished that business, are you ready to get down to business, Steve? Uh let's Ragnarok it. Well, before we get started, Steve, I do have something to point out, and that is the. The pantheon is getting tight. You
1: know, I was just thinking about that, and at he- the beginning, before we started all this, I was going to ask you a question on which one of all out of all seven of those are you the most surprised about?
0: Um, I'm most surprised about Deadpool right now. Okay. Yeah, I'm second most surprised by Iron Man because Iron Man breaks the rule that I kind of uses the foundation for all of my grading, which is just because you're the first doesn't mean you're the best. And yet this one is the first, and it is the best.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I know I think I – I can't remember my exact grade up. I think I gave it an A or an A-, minus. but F. But that was me in the beginning. I'd be curious if I watch it again on what I think of it now.
0: Right, right. I. Uh, but hey. also – It's kind of funny because now a movie needs a B-plus average from the both of us just to be in the discussion for this. So we're past the point of just letting people in because they got a grade.
1: (laughs) And and we knew this going into this that it was going to be very tough.
0: That was the goal.
1: To put put films in this pantheon.
0: (laughs) Well, this week, we are discussing 2017's Thor Ragnarok, a movie made for $180 million that brought in $853.9 million worldwide. Almost a billion!
1: (laughs) Yeah, the new standard these days.
0: I tell ya. Uh, Written by Eric Pearson, Craig Kyle, and Christopher Yost. Produced by Kevin who?
1: Kevin Fajai. Fage. Fage. Wait, what
0: was that word? Fajai? (laughs) You created a dirty version of his name. (laughs) (laughs) Directed by Taika Waititi, JC's favorite director, and music by Mark Mothersbaugh. He's new. I've never heard of his work before. Uh, But then again, after hearing the soundtrack, I'm pretty sure we won't hear it ever again. (laughs) I was
1: going to say, there's probably a reason for it.
0: Yes. Can't we just say, just like Titanic, that this movie's not known for its soundtrack, but for the one song that made it awesome, which is Cashmere.
1: Oh yeah, that's and that wasn't Kashmir. I'm sorry. I remember it's not yeah. Kashmir.
0: What am I thinking? Immigrant song. <laughs> starring Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Tom Hiddleston as your buddy Loki, Kate Blanchett as Hela. What the hell is she doing here? A newbie. A newbie, A newbie to the to the universe. Yes, Idris Elba as Heimdall. Uh, the I'm sorry, Idris Elba as the constantly underserved Heimdall. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeff Goldblum as Grandmaster or himself. Uh, Really? Tessa Thompson as Scrapper142 and then Valkyrie. Carl Urban, this guy shows up everywhere, as Scourge. Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner or Hulk. Anthony Hopkins as Odin. I'm going to do my best on this one. Tadanobu, Asano, Ray Stevenson, and Zachary Lev... L- 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 Levi Lee, thank you. As Hogan, Volstagg, and <laughs> Fandral, the Warriors three. Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange. Taika Waititi as the voice of Korg. Clancy Brown as the voice of Surtur, and Stan Lee is a man on Sakaar who cuts Thor's hair. And Steve, what, what what's that? I see. Is that is that Sam Neill and Matt Damon as a- yeah, really. as oh. actors who play Odin and Loki in the play at the beginning? But who's the other guy playing Thor? It's Luke Hemsworth, a third Hemsworth. Wow. <laughs> the lesser known even, Hemsworth.
1: <laughs> I didn't even know that was Sam Neill. God, I'm gonna go back and see that scene again. Yeah. I mean, I I found Matt Damon was very obvious.
0: Yes. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Okay. That, 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 that cavalcade of people in there. Uh <laughs> it was just funny. I was looking at the Thor character and I was like. Who is it supposed to be? And then I was like, oh, it's the other Hemsworth. I'm like, you mean the one that was married to Miley Cyrus? No, there's a third. I'm like, oh, that's like the other Manning. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) There's Peyton, Eli, and the other guy. (laughs) But let's get into the making of this film. Don't get on the set. Get ready to shoot and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys! Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies, I make films. While promoting the release of Thor The Dark World in October 2013, Chris Hemsworth expressed willingness to portray Thor for as long as people wanted more, adding that he was contracted for another Thor film and two more Avengers films. Producer Kevin Feige stated that the next Thor would build from elements at the end of The Dark World. And in January 2014, Marvel announced that Craig Kyle and Christopher Yost would write the screenplay for a third film, with Feige again producing. The story was being outlined that July. At the end of 2014, in October, Feige announced that the film would be titled Thor Ragnarok, with a scheduled release date of July 28, 2017. Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston were set to return as Thor and Loki, respectively. Hemsworth earned $15 million for the film. Feige added that the film would be very important in Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and also confirmed that in the context of the film, the word Ragnarok means the end of all things. By October 2015, Taika Waititi had entered negotiations to direct Thor Ragnarok. Some other directors that were under consideration included Ruben Fleischer, Rob Letterman, and Ross and Marshall Thurber. Marvel presented the prospective directors with the 10 different ideas that we had for the movie, asking them all to come back with a clearer picture of what the film should be. Taika Waititi created a sizzle reel for the tone and some jokey stuff using clips from other films, including Big Trouble in Little China, and scored it with Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song. This is a practice that Marvel discourages because it oftentimes can be really terrible, but they thought Waititi's reel was absolutely amazing, particularly its use of that song, which Feige felt defined what Taika was going to do with this. Immigrant Song, of course, was later used in the film itself and for marketing it. And on why he decided to pursue directing the film after stating in 2012 that he had no interest in big features where he says, quote, where the art of the project was sacrificed for profit, end quote. Waititi said he felt like a guest in Marvel's universe, but with the creative freedom to do what he wanted. Waititi was confirmed as director of the film by multiple news outlets later in October. Mark Ruffalo was also finalizing a deal that month to reprise his role as Bruce Banner from previous MCU films, and he soon confirmed that he would appear. Hulk was last seen at the end of Avengers Age of Ultron traveling in a Quinjet, which was originally planned to be shown flying near Saturn. Feige explained that this was, to cha- this was changed to an Earth-based location to leave Hulk's fate ambiguous and dispel rumors that a film based on planet Hulk was in development, since Marvel Studios had no plans to adapt the storyline at the time. According to executive producer Brad Winderbaum, the idea to include Hulk in Ragnarok came early on in development when the production team looked at the Planet Hulk storyline and felt it was a no-brainer to integrate Hulk into the Thor franchise. Exploring the idea of a planet where there's gladiatorial games as a Thor predicament, uh, the storyline was a really cool idea to them. And Feige further explained that initial discussions had to focused on doing something totally different with Thor and that centered on continuing the relationship with Loki, and ideas for Hela, Valkyrie, Balder, and Beta Ray Bill. But they were like, we need something big. And this turned to discussing Thor going to space and jokingly calling it Planet Thor, which led to Hulk in the film and revealing that he ultimately went to space at the end of Age of Ultron. In January of 2016, with the film beginning pre-production, Ruffalo described it as a road movie and indicated that additional filming would take place in Sydney. Waititi stated that he was working on the script a little bit, mainly adding humor to the screenplay, with Eric Pearson joining the project to rewrite the screenplay. Pearson felt joining presented many challenges as, quote, there were so many puzzle pieces already there, end quote, such as having Kate Blanchett as Hela, who was confirmed in the role a month later, and including Hulk, Valkyrie, and Scourge that he was asked to assemble. Pearson was told not to be restrained by anything from the previous films, and Waititi asked him to make the film fun and have Thor be the coolest character. Alexander Jamie Alexander said in early March that she was no longer sure if she would appear in the film due to scheduling conflicts with her television series Blindspot. She later indicated that this may not be the case, but ultimately was unable to appear in the film due to the conflict. Sif does appear as a character in the play based on the events of the the dark world portrayed by Charlotte McDowell. In April, Tessa Thompson was cast as Valkyrie with Natalie Portman not returning from the previous films as love interest Jane Foster. Marvel never asked the screenwriters to include the Earth-based characters from the previous films, and Feige said that Foster and Thor have broken up between films. In May, Marvel confirmed Kate Blanchett and Thompson for the film, announced the casting of Jeff Goldblum as Grandmaster and Carl Urban as Scourge, and revealed that Idris Elba and Anthony Hopkins would reprise their respective roles of Heimdall and Odin from the previous films. In early June, Palazuk and Marvel Studios executive David Grant announced that filming would begin on July 4th, 2016, with WIDA Workshop creating props for the film. Before the sets for Marvel's Doctor Strange was demolished, though, YTT wrote and filmed a scene for Ragnarok where Thor meets Benedict Cumberbatch's Stephen Strange. Marvel and Doctor Strange director Scott Derrickson felt the scene was kind of perfect to show Strange joining the wider MCU, so the scene also appeared during the credits of... My favorite movie, Doctor Strange. Waititi said that the film would reinvent the franchise as a lot of what they were doing with the film is in a way kind of dismantling and destroying the old idea and rebuilding it in a new way that's fresh. Everyone's got a slightly new take on their characters, so in in that way it feels like this is the first Thor. Uh, He added that he had seen the other films and respected them, but wanted to focus on making, quote, a standalone film because this could be the only time I do this. I just want to make it my version of a Marvel film in the best way possible, end quote. This is something that Chris Hemsworth had hoped for, looking to have a lighter tone in Ragnarok compared to the previous Thor films, especially the second one, similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. He said, quote, I feel we had less of the sort of naivety or fun or humor that the first Thor might have had. I wish we had more of that in the second movie. We've done Regal, we've done Shakespeare, and we've shown that. I think now it's time to go, okay, cool, let's try something different." End quote. Hemsworth continued that in order to prevent the character or film from becoming predictable, there was definitely a goal to do something unexpected. And he thought that they want to get back to more of a sense of adventure and fun. Now, the events of Ragnarok are set four years after the events of Thor the Dark War, two years after the events of Avengers Age of Ultron, and around the same time as the events of Captain America Civil War and Spider-Man Homecoming, with Winderbaum noting that things happen on top of each other in Phase 3. The events of Ragnarok also set up Avengers Infinity War, and Hemsworth spoke to Infinity War directors Anthony and Joe Russo before receiving the script for Ragnarok to see how it would link to Infinity War. He said Ragnarok definitely bleeds nicely into those films, and Winterbaum likened Ragnarok's impact on the larger MCU to that of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, saying it would break down ideas regarding Asgard that were previously established, similar to how Winter Soldier broke down S.H.I.E.L.D. In July, regarding the film's buddy-style comedy nature, YTT said that the script had changed from then, and it was still unclear what the final film would look like, but there are buddy elements to it between Thor and the Hulk. He said it would be a 70s, 80s sci-fi fantasy, and the most out there of all the Marvel movies, with the tone closest to that of Big Trouble in Little China. An inspiration for the road trip aspect of the film included 48 Hours, With Nail and I, and Planes and Trains and Automobiles, YTT also asked the heads of the, each department to watch Flash Gordon before beginning work. In mid-September 2016, concept art scene during a set visit indicated Midgard Serpent would appear and that Sif and the Warriors Three allies of Thor in the previous two films would be addressed in Ragnarok. Towards the end of the month, Sam Neill, who worked with YTT in Hunt for the Wilder People, revealed he had a role in the film. Shortly after, YTT teased the inclusion of the characters Korg, who YTT portrays through motion capture, and Meek, who is not portrayed by an actor as he does not speak in the film and is depicted as a larva-like character with cybernetic legs and arms. In January of 2017, it was revealed that Pearson would receive some would receive sole screenwriting credit on the film, with the story credited to Kyle Yost and Folsom. Those credits were later updated the following September with Pearson as the screenwriter and story credit for Kyle and Yost. Folsom took issue with Marvel marketing the film with these credits, noting the Writers Guild of America had yet to determine the final credits for the film. She later said that Marvel had given her a story credit on the film, but it was denied by the WGA due to their regulation that a maximum of two individuals can receive story credit with an allowance for a writing team to count as one individual. Pearson and the team of Kyle and Yost received the story credit on Ragnarok. And Folsom added that she planned to appeal the decision and that Marvel had been supportive of her throughout her attempt to receive credit. By the end of the month, the writing credits were updated once again, this time simply crediting Pearson, Kyle, and Yost as screenwriters. In February of 2017, Rachel House said that she had taken a small role in the film, having worked with YTT 4 Additional filming took place in Atlanta in 2017, over three weeks including filming post credit scenes. One of these introduces the spaceship Sanctuary 2, which belongs to Thanos in Avengers Infinity War, while the other, shown at the end of the credits, features the Grandmaster. Goldblum and Waititi improvised multiple versions of the latter scene. One unused version involved the singing of the Sakarian National Anthem, which was made up on the spot. Also filmed in Atlanta was the completion of a sequence where Asgardian actors perform a play based on the events of the Dark World. Sam Neill appears in the sequence as the Odin actor, and Hemsworth's brother Luke portrays the Thor actor. Explaining the sequence, YTT said, quote, if I was Loki and I was ruling Asgard, I would write a play about myself and force everyone to go and see it, change the details of the play, and get a huge celebrity play myself, end quote. So for the Loki actor, they wanted someone good, someone funny, and Chris Hemsworth suggested that Matt Damon, whom he knew personally, should take on the role. Damon was in New York City at the time, so he flew to Atlanta just to shoot the cameo on a lark. Also changed during reshoots was the location of the sequence where Thor and Loki find Odin on Earth, and Hela subsequently destroys Mjolnir. Originally set in a New York City alley, YTT decided that the environment was distracting from the emotions of the sequence. The location was changed to Norway, which YTT felt gave more weight to the scenes, made Odin's storyline more authentic, and also allowed the characters and the audience to chill out for a second and have that moment because the rest of the film basically just runs at a clip. By the time the reshoots for the film were completed, the film had been cut down from YTT's initial version of two hours and 40 minutes to around 90 minutes, with that expected to increase slightly with the newly filmed scenes. However, after the film's 2017 Comic-Con panel, it was decided to add back a lot of the jokes that had been removed, with the final run time being two hours and ten minutes. Joel Negron and Zanny Baker served as editors on the film. Waititi described the process of deciding exactly what jokes to keep as very tricky, because sometimes it would be funny in the beginning of the film and then not funny at all, or it wasn't funny in the wrong places, or it was funny in the wrong places, and in the end we, we just had to keep testing jokes and testing parts of the film. Ragnarok also clarifies that an Infinity Gauntlet seen in Thor was fake. Feige expanded saying that it had been included in Thor as an Easter egg since Marvel Studios was, quote, working on the Avengers and trying to put that all together for the conclusion of phase one, end quote. However, shortly after the Avengers released released and the studio began to solidify plans for Avengers Infinity War, They realized that the gauntlet scene in Thor could not be the actual one, creating an internal theory that it was fake. This resulted in the scene in Ragnarok, which was created, quote, just to have the opportunity to call it a fake, end quote. So that's that. Do you remember seeing this for the first time? What did you think? Uh, Steve, I'll let you go. What would you think?
1: Yeah, I do remember seeing this. This was the last. Uh, cue the sad music.
0: The, it's the, the last one?
1: It was the last movie of the Joe Journey.
0: Oh.
1: Because the rest after here were all first for you and myself and the world to see. So I have finally caught up on the Joe Journey.
0: That means that from this point on, uh, it took 17 movies I finally got you hooked
1: <laughs> yeah. oh I was hooked well before it, but that's, it just finally took me to catch up
0: okay uh, what th- about you I mean I uh, I don't remember seeing it I know I I, I I know I saw it in the theaters I thought it was hysterical uh but I do remember my worry about this and that was I thought that because everybody kept telling me this was a comedy I'm like we haven't seen a MCU movie other than Ant-Man, be a straight-up comedy. Yeah. And that worried me, because all I heard about that was, oh, God, what does this mean for the MCU? Because if this is going to turn this thing into a goof, then, you know, Infinity Wars is around the, around the corner. Please don't make Thanos funny.
1: Oh, my God. Imagine if that was the case. That was if my, he had a little humor in his personality.
0: That was my biggest worry was, oh, no, are they trying to set up a funny big guy at the end?
1: the only major villain who can pull that off is loki
0: yes but loki is clever and mischievous so the comedy kind of goes with it yes um well it's time to start walking through this movie with a synopsis courtesy of marvel Wikipedia, mdb and wikipedia cue the clip sister you're still alive
1: i love what you've done with the place redecorating i see It seems our father's solution to every problem was to cover it up. Or to cast it out. I told you you were worthy. Said the same thing to me. You see... You never knew him. Not at his best. Odin and I drowned entire civilizations in blood and tears. Where do you think all this gold came from? And then... One day, he decided to become a benevolent king. To foster peace, to protect life. To have you. I understand why you're angry, and you are my sister, and technically have a claim to the throne. Believe me, I would love for someone else to rule, but it can't be you, you're just... (sighs) ...the worst.
0: Okay, get up. You're in my seat.
1: Your father once told me, the wise
0: king never seeks out war.
1: But must always be ready for it.
0: Thor has been captured by mysterious enemy forces on Muspelheim. He rambles toward a skeleton, sharing his cage about his efforts to defeat some robots on Earth, and (laughs) laments about his inability to find any of the Infinity Stones he had set out to locate. He notes that sometimes you have to get captured in order to get a straight answer out of someone, and someone in this instance is Surtur. Surtur releases Thor from his cage, chained and dangling, and taunts him with the knowledge of Odin no longer being on Asgard. Also mentioning that Thor's absence has left him vulnerable, he announces that Ragnarok is coming to Asgard by his hand and that all he must do to achieve this is to join his crown with the eternal flame which burns in Odin's vault. I'll let you start here, Steve.
1: So one of the things that I thought that was kind of interesting is in this whole scene I mean, there's a lot of exposition right here. Yes. There is and you're like getting the full main part of the film right here in the beginning. Uh Uh-huh. You miss any part of this and it's absolutely insane but the problem that I had is when these two knuckleheads are talking to each other. Uh Uh-huh. One of them, he looks like the Balrog from (laughs) From Lord of the (laughs) Rings. (laughs) And I mean... They almost could be like related. I mean, this is a good mix of universes here anyways. Yes. He's fiery and molten.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Yet
1: that yet they don't burn any part of our hero. Yeah. Help me help, help me understand this one. You you are a great person of explanation to change my mind. Help me out here. What would you like me to say? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I uh I well, Okay, if you want me to rationalize this using the ridiculous logic that I can come up in my head, um, perhaps Thor's uh, got a non-flammable suit and cape. Okay. I mean, all right. after all, it is built for, you know, pretty much all occasions. Perhaps diving into a I volcano guess. is one of them.
1: Yeah, that did make sense. You know, that's what I thought. You know, maybe it's godlike. Yeah. But then after he kind of, you know, escapes, he's brushing burnt embers off this cape.
0: Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I want to point out that this is the first time we see the Marvel logo do something different. It's burning away in embers.
1: And you know what? That is interesting because that's that kind of sets a tone. Yes. That something drastic is going to happen, something serious. Yeah. And then it, that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. And then they, <laughs> they show you that and you're like, okay. And they show you Thor in a cage and he's talking and he's rambling. And you're like, okay, this is getting funnier. This is getting funnier. And then when he starts talking to Surtur and he's spinning around and he's like, wait, hold on a second. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Now, this is the point where I'm worried about Ragnarok because I'm like, this is supposed to be the end of the world for Asgard. And you're going to turn it into a comedy. No, don't do that. Now, yes, it was a data dump at the beginning with all the stuff. But you here's, do you know why they did that, Steve? I have no idea. They did it because everybody was wondering, where the hell was Thor in Civil War?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, Now, (sighs) normally normally in these movies we hear about prophecies, and the prophecy isn't fulfilled because of the hero's might at the end. But Mm -hmm. this movie's going to do the opposite. They're going to actually lean into the prophecy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I know with the whole fiery guy and, you know, whether he's burning an eye, I know it's a little nitpicky. Yeah. But uh, it's just it just didn't like mm.
0: they are things that we, we mortals think about, because if we were near him, we'd be burst into flames.
1: Exactly. You know, and same thing with Gandalf.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Thor takes the cue to call Mjolnir, break out of his chains, and then we hear immigrant song. And fight off Surtur's minions before taking his crown as a trophy. It's a crown. When he attempts to return to Asgard, however, Heimdall does not respond. His replacement, Scourge, only notices Thor's call when one of his bitches he's trying to impress points it out. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I personally, I love the use of Led Zeppelin for Thor battle scenes. It is the best use of a rock song in any Marvel movie ever. Yes, Guardians, you just got topped. I know, come a little bit closer with... Uh, The little arrow flying around the jail was cool. This just beat it. I'm talking to you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The only one I think it would be on par was, I mean, it's just a good use of the song. And personally, would be Iron Man and ACDC.
0: It's perfectly matched up, but that never happens during a fight scene.
1: No, it just, uh, it's okay for a fight scene, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Mjolnir is literally at its best. I absolutely love, and I think about it every time I when I hear Ragnarok, I think of the scene of the point of view from Mjolnir. I going love that around shot and destroying everything.
0: I love that shot. Uh, and
1: that then, needs that needs to be in the new Marvel video game. Y-
0: yes, it does. And, you know, what's funny <laughs> is they also they've added some new powers with Mjolnir here. Uh, now now he's like basically just shooting lightning from it now, like Raiden. Um, yeah. and, and I don't know. Mjolnir has never seemed more powerful. It's like nothing could possibly happen to this weapon now.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's just like the longer that you see Mjolnir with Thor, the more Thor um, gets his experience and how to use it. Yeah, you know, So it's just, he's starting to unwield its powers. Now unlock what, him, I guess.
0: Now, what did you think about Thor's personality in this? Because I thought it was getting a little more goofy than we've seen.
1: It was goofy, and for being like a godlike character, character, um, I was a little hesitant mm-hmm. because he's this almighty being and now he's just kind of loopy. Yes. <laughs> so it was, it, it was definitely something to get used to and to buy into. And I'm kind of like, okay, if they're gonna go this route, you gotta go full in. Don't just do it for like a movie and then make them, because then it's like, it makes this movie pointless.
0: Yeah, and we so. get, we get Carl Urban here, who I'm convinced will just take any job in any fantasy at all. He <laughs> was in Star Trek, he was in Riddick, he was in Lord of the Rings, he's in Judge Dread, and now he's in this. Um, okay, now I've got a question. He he holds up the two guns. He says he got them from Texas, right? Yeah. And he goes, this one's Dez, and this is Troy. And I thought this was an allusion to Des Bryant and Troy Aikman, but apparently just destroy. That's it.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's destroy. You know? That's what I got. But I guess when you point that out, I, I can see it. But those two never played together.
0: No, they didn't. But it's like, you know, Des Bryant was up. They are always like, you know, well, it's because he had Tony Romo and Troy Aikman, you know. Yeah, he had Michael Irvin, but. You know, when Irvin went down, it was like, well, he could have used somebody else. And there's Des Bryant. So, I, At the time this came out, Des Bryant was at his zenith, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was Des and Troy. But apparently that just was try. lost on everyone except for people in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: The goofy part of this whole thing. Yes. Okay. So he's going through, you know, he's got the guns there. And then they, they're doing like more expositions. I think that this is when they're going back and forth between Thor and Carl As, Urban's character. Okay, yeah. And all of a sudden, you cut, and you see him using a shake weight.
0: Oh, Jesus, yeah.
1: And I'm thinking, okay, how far can they go to that line that shall not be passed? <laughs> and I'm like, Disney, you're pushing the envelope, my friend.
0: Yeah, not just Disney, but Taika. Because- I mean,
1: in the theater, I can just see parents just being disgusted by this whole scene and have, take their kids away from it, and that's all. You, know? you mean,
0: like, with the dragon? <laughs> okay, no, no
1: that was better. I love that. That was great. The scene with the dragon with his head sliding, I mean, that was just so tyco Waititi, and then all that, for lack of a better term, moist goo. Oh. <laughs> going over, I loved every part of it. I thought it was hilarious. I would have rather taken out that whole slapstick comedy part that yeah. was between Carl uh, Urban's character. Can't remember his name. That's why I'm saying Carl Urban. Yeah. Is. Um, and then... I would have just taken that out and just had that. That'd have been perfect. I loved it.
0: No, no, it was. It's funny when you see that come through because you're like, I'm always curious about how the Bifrost works. Like, if you're, if if anybody, if anybody's in the Bifrost, it just shoots you over there. Apparently, yes, it'll cut off somebody's head.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a weapon and a transport all at the same time.
0: One more <laughs> way they could get rid of the gauntlet from Thanos's hand, but we'll get into ah. that later on. Returning to Asgard for the first time in years. Thor is told by Scourge that Heimdall has been declared an enemy of the people and is on the run. Thor is unimpressed and goes to find Odin, who is watching a play about the valiant death of Loki, while laying about and being pampered by various women. Thor sees through Odin's, in quotation marks, deception, and forces Loki, ha to drop the charade. It's not Odin, it's Loki. Now, I kind of like what Loki's done with Asgard. It's, it's loki guard.
1: <laughs> well i think wasn't it when we left uh, oh no loki had died that's where we left off yes okay so i, f- I kind of well,
0: he died but if you remember oh, no. he when thor de- declares that he doesn't want the throne he walks away and you realize that odin is actually loki
1: okay thank you thank you so okay so i was right my initial thing so that made sense and oh yeah it's very you know uh, putting him on a pedestal that's very that's, that's why he's such a good villain yeah you know his ego is so big
0: well speaking of big egos <laughs> you would think that loki would know how to play odin better
1: <laughs> well <laughs> that's again that, that that that's loki being that that's his ego i mean, he's he, he can be the master of perception but i think when he puts his thing into plan he's not perfect
0: yeah uh, we get Matt Damon, Sam Neill, and Luke Hemsworth. <laughs> we watch a play, and I'm so glad they played the play as far along as they did, especially the line, A little blue baby icicle <laughs> that melted this old fool's heart.
1: <laughs> Again, it's going through that comedic route, and are you still on board with it?
0: I'm at laughing this at this point, but I'm like, okay, if they're just going to go all in here, Go all in. And Anthony Hopkins, this is this is the moment where I said, okay, this is a comedy. I think I can get on board. And it's Anthony Hopkins when, when, when Thor, Thor goes, hello, father. And Odin looks at him and goes, oh, shit. <laughs> it might be yeah. my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> Having him say that.
1: It's like hearing your parents swear. Yes. It's like okay. Or like I mean, I've heard my dad maybe drop the f-word maybe once in my life <laughs> and you just stand back like what just happened.
0: Right. But this is an I'm, oh shit out of like oops.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you it's, should have, it's like Hunkins. oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was while watching this scene and when he says that I'm like, you know what? Uh, it doesn't seem itself right here, and I was the tip I felt so stupid when I totally forgot about uh, the ending of Thor Two. Yeah, uh, that that wonderful film, The Dark World. <laughs> <And> <laughs>
0: we like- Wait, we liked it.
1: <laughs> I know that's just the surprising part. It was good. Um, but it was just like something. There like, it is. You know, yeah. something screwy here. There it is. Oh, <laughs> that oh was- well, since I've said that one. And I'm like, as soon as that happens, and you know, okay, this is the Lord of Mischief. You have returned.
0: (laughs) Oh, this is already a great film. After ordering for Surtur's crown to be delivered to Odin's vault, Thor has Scourge transport him and Loki to Earth to find the real Odin. Unfortunately, upon arrival, Thor and Loki quickly discover that the retirement home Loki has placed Odin in has been demolished. At this point, some passerbys reveal that Jane Foster has broken up with Thor, although Thor insists to them that it was a, it was a mutual dumping. <laughs> uh, by now, we're, I think we all can realize now this movie is a comedy first and an adventure second, Wh- mm-hmm. which is a shift for Thor. But Spider-Man Homecoming kind of bridges us into this feel a little bit. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming seems a lot more serious than this film.
0: It does, and at the time we saw it, we were like, oh, this is kind of like a teen comedy.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I think you hit it pretty much on the head that this we haven't seen anything like this kind of film since Ant-Man, and oh my gosh, what did I
0: give Ant-Man? Uh, N-A. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so pleased by this. <laughs> uh, suddenly, Loki is snatched away, leaving a mysterious address card behind, pointing Thor toward Bleecker Street. Oh, boy. Here he finds, yeah, Doctor Strange, who insists on knowing why Loki has been brought back to Earth. Thor explains that they are simply trying to find Odin and will immediately leave as soon as he is retrieved. Strange reveals that he knows of Odin's whereabouts, Norway, incidentally, but notes that Odin asked not to be disturbed. Nevertheless, he sends Thor and Loki to him. Now, I'm happy here. Yay, Doctor Strange. This is a great way to remind us that Dr. Strange is a part of this universe and is quite powerful in his own right. He's handling a couple of gods like they're nothing.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I thought it was great because what was like no more than three movies ago is when Dr. Strange was at least. Two, I mean, two. Yeah. But we had, OK. But for some reason. You because of these other movies and how good they did, how Spider-Man Homecoming was, it's like you kind of almost forgot about him. Yeah. And then he brings it back. You're like,
0: oh, and I'm like, the return of strange. I know. Was, I was so excited. Was, but also, this proves, first of all, him handling a couple of gods is one thing. But, Steve, I hate to harp on this point here, but you know what? He is the protector of that stone right there. And it clearly, you just need one person to do it. Because <laughs> he's that good. <laughs> Doc- he is good. Doctor Strange gets things done, and he is clearly a protector of Earth. He literally protected Earth in this movie without lifting a finger. He just simply sent Thor and Loki away.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. I was thinking about my rebuttal.
0: Okay, all Here's right. Bye bye.
1: Yes, you are, you are. You. He is protect. He is protecting Earth. But when Thor and Loki show up earth wasn't really under attack Ah, really yes really they weren't under attack they Ah. were visiting just to get odin earth was being used as a more of a distraction to keep people away from (laughs) odin which i hate to go back but please do if that if that building is getting destroyed a little phone call saying, "Hey, sons,
0: um, sons? <laughs> I'm
1: being, I'm being, I'm being moved." I mean, I guess I know he can't get in touch with Thor, but would not like a little red flag go off for Loki that all of a sudden he's gone because he's the one to put him there? Why didn't you call me? I don't have a, a phone, but you could have sent a the electronic letter. It's called an email.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um. I just this is a this is a really cool. I love this scene. I love the fact that he just toys with Loki. Like Loki's like I've been falling for thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then when Loki tracks him, he's he go all right, bye bye. It just sends him on his way. I'm like Doctor Strange, you boss. Damn. Hmm. Uh Thor and Loki find Odin, having shaken off Loki's spell, but he is despondent and dying. In his last moments, Odin makes a confession. Hella, the sister Thor and Loki never knew they had. And the goddess of death will be released from her prison once he dies. She is far more powerful than her brothers and will grow stronger when she returns to the fires of Asgard. Odin tells his sons he loves them one last time before transforming into energy and dying. And we get here. Exposition, exposition, exposition. Uh, Steve. Odin said in Thor that Thor was his firstborn. Was this a lie of repression or was it a continuity error?
1: It was a lie. I don't think it's a continuity thing. The firstborn, okay. I've always thought, is usually considered the son. Uh, JC, in your Celtic wisdom, I need you to back me up on this. Okay. So I think, you know, I just think that when he thinks of his first one, yep. that's his son. You okay. Because I think at that time, it's like, you know, okay, we're going to, you know, try to bounce a wow wow and you know move on my realm here and it's uh it's a daughter's like oh okay well but we need a son because they're all male chauvinistic back then and don't believe that women can do anything which i guess i'm contradicting my own thing because if then you get the backstory of hella and oh my god
0: oh yeah she was
1: she's a a weapon of mass destruction
0: she really was
1: (laughs) but that's all that she was used for so i'm kind of thinking that if they had a Because he had a a girl, and you know, that's this isn't the one who's going to take over the realm or Mm -hmm. Asgard, breed her into something that you can actually just use her for. Yes, I agree. So, well, what do you do? I don't know. Anything else about the scene? Well, I was a little. This whole scene reminded me of something, and I know this hadn't come out, but how Odin kind of. Vanished into air. Okay. It reminded me of another death. Uh oh.
0: Uh -oh. And
1: Uh a future movie. Oh no. A grade. Well, a C movie. Just wait. A damn minute. It almost seemed very Skywalker-ish. Do you think this is where they got that idea from?
0: I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) No, because Yoda disappeared in Empire, and that was long before this.
1: Well, that's true, but I. It just the, the, it, it seemed very similar. Odin sitting on a rock or leaning, I guess. He was kind of like. Maybe it
0: was on a log, leaning. Steve. Was it on a log? It was a rock. Was it a log? It was a Maybe rock. if you rolled over that log, there'd be a twig.
1: Oh, thank you. Oh, look. <laughs>
0: that log had a child.
1: <laughs> oh, God. This just got way better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Seagulls.
1: And, yeah. <laughs> I'll bring him back to uh, a little GGMS oh yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it, it just seemed like a very peaceful Skywalker I guess death is kind of what we think of it as because okay. that's now the, now, now the iconic thing but do you think we can safely call this Odin's death is it like Odin's sleep
0: I think that's a safe assumption I mean if you call here's the thing everything seems very literal in Asgard I mean it's Odin's son because it's Odin's son uh <laughs> This is Odin's sleep, and now we have Odin's death.
1: Drax needs to be a part of Asgard.
0: Oh, Drax would have a field day in Asgard.
1: Unfortunately, Asgard is no longer physically there. Well,
0: not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, Thor becomes enraged at Loki, blaming him for Odin's death, his life expectancy having been presumably shortened during his time on Earth. Any thoughts of revenge, however, are put aside as a black mass forms in the air and Hela emerges from her prison. When the brothers refuse to kneel to her, Hela attacks them. She appears to be able to summon any sort of blade or spear-based weapons from thin air in quick succession. Thor throws Mjolnir toward her, but she catches it with one hand and shatters it. Loki panics, calls for the Bifrost. However, during their transport, Hela intercepts them and forces both Loki and Thor out of the beam. Well, Steve, here's your villain. Hella is one of my favorites. Powerful, smart, and in that bodysuit, I'm sorry, not too bad on the eyes. She's got some dark sexiness about her.
1: <laughs> yes, she does. She is very good. And uh, yeah, 86 Mjolnir. What'd you think of that?
0: Uh, Mew Mew is gone. Da- there goes Meow Meow. <laughs> hella has hella powers she did hold mjolnir so does that make her worthy because i wouldn't think so Hmm. yeah oh we got ourselves a paradox we do Uh, i would think Mm, damn it (laughs) is she okay how about this is worthy
1: is worthy relative
0: is she worthy of the throne well, she is the heir that should have gotten it.
1: But Mjolnir's powers—if you can wield it—I, you know, you have to go back to the first Thor on that spell that he kind of puts on Mjolnir. He talks a lot about a lot of justice and doing the right thing.
0: Well, doesn't Hela have a point though with her story later on? Yeah,
1: that's what—that's what's <laughs> making me think—is it all relative?
0: Well, I think that I'm trying to elevate her in your eyes to get a really good villain rating.
1: <laughs> well, she's definitely up there. She's, she started off pretty well. She's Let's the just,
0: only villain that can wield Mjolnir.
1: <laughs> well, did, did
0: she wield it, though? Did she wield it? She, I don't think she, she did. Held she, it it in, it? she held it in her hand while standing still. Yes, that's a wield. (laughs) Okay.
1: This is what I saw. She stopped it. And there was still a little, I feel like I'm being nitpicky, but this matters to me. Okay. It was still a little bit of shaking. Like she was trying, like she was putting some, a strong effort into it, you know? And then she ends up shattering it. It's like, okay, I can't hold on to this anymore. I need to destroy it in order to be done with it. So can she wield it? wielding it means you're taking it by the hammer and using it at your will. See, I see it as, uh, can you lift it? Because uh, in,
0: in Age of Ultron, it was all about, can you just lift it? Aha! We have a continuity error.
1: Oh, wow, we do. No, I really wish I had my hammer.
0: <laughs> yeah, really.
1: You could really use that right now. But as this is going on, yes. let's let's be honest. You know, Thor throws his thing. That That's to be expected. What the heck does... Loki gonna bring to this fight right here.
0: <laughs> Is he just gonna stand at the edge and hope that she charges him and then just turns him into a hologram? <laughs> he's
1: gonna he's gonna just use his little daggers yeah. and try to do something. I mean, she just destroyed Mjolnir. I, if I was him, I'd be like, "Time to go." Out. Okay, what you got?
0: <laughs> uh, Volstagg and Fandral, awaiting inside of the Bifrost Dome, are killed immediately as Hela arrives scourge present only because he has been given janitorial duty is recruited to her side as hella sets her eyes on the kingdom well the warriors three there goes two of them just like that (laughs) and there goes zachary levi i guess he's off to go acting shazam now Uh, still a movie i've not seen yet we'll get there okay (laughs) uh what'd you think was this a little too quick for the warriors three or is this meant to show you how powerful hella is
1: Uh, It was very quick, because I didn't even get to realize that it actually was them. Okay. That's how fast it was. I already knew she was powerful. Yes. She had already destroyed Meow Meow. (laughs) I knew she was already there, so.
0: Meanwhile, we find Thor deposited on an alien planet covered in junk. Sakar. There are portals and wormholes of different shapes and sizes all across the sky from which junk and debris from other worlds fall through to the surface. It's almost like Thor fell into a completely different movie. Thor is approached by hostile scavengers who he manages to fight off without Mew Mew until one of the scavengers uses an electrified net to capture him. The scavengers proceed to beat Thor until a spaceship lands near them. From within, a drunk woman appears claiming Thor to be hers. The woman woman kills the scavengers with her ship's guns seemingly rescuing Thor unfortunately she ends up throwing a small disc on his neck allowing her to electrocute and render him unconscious at the push of a button with the disc connected to his neck preventing him from escaping the woman takes thor onto her ship steve did you think guardians of the galaxy like i did
1: this was even more colorful than guardians of the galaxy okay this was a lot more cosmic but yeah no you are right on par as very guardians
0: yeah i was like they're merging franchises now okay this is where we're going fantastic Mm -hmm. yes Uh, what did you think of valkyrie's first time when you see her
1: i didn't really know because they put comedy on her okay uh as funny as this is i was starting to kind of question this film they have this person come up who's about ready to save thor i don't know Uh whatever and all of a sudden she just falls over i'm like oh this is the first impression i'm getting of her so i was uh, i was still up in the air with exactly what was her role for this film you know was she just gonna be that outcast person do whatever i want or is she just i didn't really know and personally i could have done away with that comedy part but i guess like you said before if you're gonna go all comedy you gotta go all out
0: yeah i mean i like her arm guns i think that's pretty cool but i just don't understand how she didn't hit thor
1: That does take a that does take a good talent, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but Valkyrie, you know, it's kind of funny because this is a problem I have actually with throughout this movie, and that is Taika Waititi is a. I think we can both agree, fantastic comedy director.
1: Oh, probably
0: one of the best. I mean, what we do in the shadows. I don't know if you've seen the Hunt for Wilder People.
1: No, actually, what we do in the shadows is the only and Ragnarok the only um, Taika Waititi. Waititi films I've
0: seen. Okay, check out Jojo Rabbit too. Jojo Rabbit, he finally figures out how to balance the comedy with the drama. Okay. In this movie, I feel like it was his first step in dipping his toe into it. And so you see a lot of gaffes. Like this is a moment where you expect her to have her entrance and not be a joke. But just when you think she's about to do something, they have her fall off the thing drunk. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Oh, really this is because the drunken part of her isn't even part of her real character anyway. She's Shh. never drunk again in this movie.
1: No, she's just constantly drinking.
0: Right, but it never really affects her the way it does in this. Correct, yeah. Um, Maybe Tony Stark should talk to her. (laughs) Back on Asgard, the Asgardian army led by Hogan has assembled to stop Hela from entering the kingdom. Unperturbed by the hundreds of soldiers and several gunships facing her, she announces Odin's death and that she has also disposed of Thor and Loki, demanding they recognize her as their new queen. Naturally, Hogan and the soldiers refuse to do so, leading Hela to instead fight the whole f***ing army. Despite the sheer numbers against her, Hela makes quick work of the entire fleet as she is quick, invincible, and able to summon an endless arsenal of swords and spears, which she uses to impale the majority of the soldiers. Hela finishes off with Hogan, defiant to the last, who gets a large spear sent through his chest. Now, Steve, as a villains guy, you have to like this scene of Hela versus all of Asgard, correct?
1: Dude, I I, I did like this scene. Yes! It was really really good. I also didn't like this scene. No. And I guess the, I guess you can probably say that the didn't was is a little nitpicky, but for the majority. I'll say I probably 90% love this scene. Okay. So I'll, g- I'll give you that because yes. it really did tell you, wow, that she is a weapon of mass destruction. Um, I did like it because it's like, oh, my God, Hela is built for this battle. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it because while she was fighting, the character – maybe it was just the close-ups and, you know <sighs> – I guess movie technology is still trying to perfect it. The CGI just looked a little cartoonish.
0: Okay, she okay. almost
1: seemed very gumby.
0: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Am I
1: am I wrong?
0: <laughs> I'm I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with you, but you have your point here, and that is, yeah, there are parts where the CGI looks a little eh, not Kate Blanchett.
1: Like I said, I think it's nitpicky, but that it just stuck out for me when I saw this film, and I I pray that when others watch this film, they don't see that. Yeah. Because that kind of takes away a little bit of that scene for me, because the scene is really good. Yeah. The scene is really fun to watch, and it's just your jaw just drops at the end.
0: I uh, well, it's kind of funny you mentioned that there's something missing here. Like you look at it, you're like, yeah, there's something missing here. I mean, we lose basically the whole army. We, get, mm-hmm. we lose another the third warrior. Where the hell is Sith?
1: You know, <laughs> I thought about this. Or I thought of Robert Molden from Jurassic Park 1. Ah! And in, in his line when he says to the Velociraptor, clever girl. <laughs> she is kind of maybe smart to stay away out of this one. But, yeah, it would have been nice to see her. And right. I guess when you bring this up, it says, okay, she isn't here. Did yeah. she just get destroyed? Was she actually really smart? I guess we'll find out if she shows up later.
0: Well, it's kind of funny because back in January, Jamie Alexander, the, the woman who played Sif, posted a Twitter or an Instagram that alluded to her possible return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And where would she best be served? Oh, I don't know. Thor, Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. That'd be the perfect place. Jane Foster your, versus Sif.
1: Your your prophecy is starting to take shape.
0: I'm creating. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so yeah. So Hel- Hel- now I got a question for you. If Hela was this powerful, why didn't the dark elves in Thor the Dark World just try to free her from this prison to get her to do all the damage?
1: I mean, the, the only thing that pops in my head right away to think about that is this is all part of the prophecy of Ragnarok. Okay. That she kind of needs to happen, which in turn will eventually, well,
0: lead to certain she, it,
1: leads us to kind of towards the, the later part of the movie where Ragnarok, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thor awakens to a holographic presentation about Sakaar and the Grandmaster, the ruler of the planet and host of the gladiatorial Contest of Champions, or the fun little app you can play on your phone. The Grandmaster pays the drunk woman from earlier and obtains Thor, whom he decides to pit against his champion during a match. He states that Thor will earn his freedom should he be the victor. Still restrained, Thor discovers Loki, who is mingling and getting on with the Grandmaster and his company quite well. Due to the unusual relative. Due to the unusual relativistic effects of how they both arrived, and the planet in general, Loki has been there for weeks, earning the Grandmaster's favor. Uh, this thing starts with the Willy Wonka theme song playing, and a voiceover, which is friggin' weird.
1: <laughs> it was it was great when I first saw it. It was <laughs> I was laughing. It was a laugh out loud moment for me.
0: Uh, LOL.
1: <laughs> um, I either forgot about it the first time I saw it, or I just flat out missed it. So when I saw it a second time, I was like, <laughs> "Oh, it's Willy Waka. That's that's like again, Taco YTT.
0: Yes, and we get we 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 finally meet Jeff Friggin Goldblum playing Jeff Goldblum. Yes, and, uh, and it's at this point when he starts talking and they have their interactions. I say to myself, "You know what? This movie was named the wrong thing. It should have been called Thor: A Guardians of the Galaxy Story." Because that's the that's the tone of this whole movie.
1: Yeah, very cos oh, cosmic, just a goofy cosmic.
0: Yes. In other words, we expected one thing and we got something very different. Much like another movie called Solo, a Star Wars story.
1: Is that good? that's going to be a theme in every podcast that we do? <laughs> that at one point in time we're going to bring up that <laughs> show.
0: <laughs> uh, and. Grandmaster is a freaking DJ.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna. I was just gonna mention that. What did you think of all that?
0: I, you know, if this is Guardians of the Galaxy, Sicar, then okay, I guess they're going with the '80s theme also here. Which the '80s theme was because of Peter Quill being abducted in the '80s. It wasn't because the whole universe is stuck in the '80s.
1: I mean, unless this does occur after. You know, and Star Lord's been established. Man, there's no way. No, I'm I'm stupid. Stop talking, Steve. Yeah, I lost seri- This lost serious seriousness points from me. Yeah, I have more respect for his brother, the Collector. Yes. correct me if I'm wrong. No, his brother him.
0: is the Collector. Yes.
1: Yes. I have a lot more respect. That it should have been almost switched. I don't know.
0: Maybe. Thor is thrown into the Gladiators' quarters where he meets Korg, an exiled Cronin resistance fighter, and his friend Meek. Korg states that no one has ever escaped or beaten this champion. And Korg has a great voice. If this wasn't a comedy, it would probably be deeper and gruffier. But hey, you know what? They want to make this thing a comedy, so they had Taika Waititi do the voice.
1: Oh, now that you throw that little piece of knowledge at me, I love Korg even more. <laughs> So, are, Peter, he, Peter. Yes.
0: Wow. <laughs> We're gonna have a flat meeting with their oh, roommates. Oh
1: no. got him. <laughs> oh <Poor> god. <guy. laughs> yeah, he is better than any guardian. Absolutely great performance. It's mm-hmm. the, it, and it's the voiceover. Now that I know it's that, Jesus oh, Pete. He's my favorite personality in the entire film.
0: And uh, everything he says is fun Yes.
1: More than Loki.
0: What, what, what?
1: I could, I could, Disney Plus, are you listening to me? Uh,
0: uh-huh.
1: I want a Korg, I want a Korg spinoff. I don't want a movie, I want an eight episode, get rid of that Mandalorian stuff, I want Korg.
0: Why are you being so weird? I can't believe you said that. Loki has what you... been your ride or die this whole time. <sighs> I... <clears throat> Cor-
1: <laughs> Maybe it's just because Korg's new. I don't know, but I <laughs> is it because love because little Korg's rocks fall off of him. <laughs> yeah, it's it, he's perfect. I I, I love it. Oh. And what do you think? A Korg spinoff?
0: I, no, no.
1: Oh, oh I thought you would have been on board with that.
0: I do not want a Korg spinoff because I think Korg is a personality that works good in small doses. But if he was to lead a whole movie, I'd be bored immediately because I couldn't take it seriously at all. I will have to slightly agree to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hela takes the throne and destroys the royal mural above it, revealing the original hidden mural behind it. It's revealed that she has always been Odin's most powerful weapon in his efforts to create the mighty Asgardian Empire, and that only when her ambition outgrew his did he imprison her. Now... Keep in mind, we just went from Korg to this scene. Now I love the twist in this story that Odin painted over the history. It's a great twist, but I feel like this movie just keeps switching tones on me.
1: It does because I think the comedy is one thing, but in the end game of it all, <laughs> no. um, there is a they're trying to give some validity to this actual movie. Okay. So I think that's just the switch in the tone. And I absolutely love the storytelling. Okay. I love the twist. And I think it's very symbolic the fact that the um, when she shatters the ceiling above and the the real thing behind, mm-hmm. Odin hid Hella. Odin hid the story, you know, of what of everything about her. It makes me like, wow, Odin is he's kind of a dick to his kids. Yes. You know, he imprisoned the bad one, but I think I was rightfully so because I think he just realized she was just too powerful. Yeah. But not to even say, like, okay, just, just in case, you know, something happens to me, guys, you know, this is going to happen, not just like drop it at the last second, then, okay, you guys are on your own. But I just love the amazing storytelling by Kate Blanchett. She's just as good, or she, she is on par with Anthony Hopkins in telling stories. Okay. the The infamous one by one
0: oh and then
1: she says it took me right back to middle earth
0: oh you can't say that it didn't no you're right the way she does the story it made me feel like i was watching the beginning of lord of the rings exactly yeah uh hella breaks into odin's vault declaring the infinity gauntlet is fake (laughs) wow (laughs) okay the casket of ancient winters as weak and serter's crown that's smaller than she thought she becomes briefly interested in the tesseract but declares the Eternal Flame the greatest of all. She smashes through the floor, revealing the mausoleum beneath. With the power of the Eternal Flame, Hela revives the fallen as guardian soldiers from her time, along with her massive pet, the Fenris Wolf. I love she calls out the fake gauntlet, Steve.
1: Well, yeah, she's totally calling out Odin. Yes. Of course, it, it, when I saw that, I was like, okay, yeah, duh, it's fake, because we already saw thanos at the end of guardians the post scene huh? he took he, he took the gauntlet you know and i think the one that she, they showed there where she said fake didn't it have like all the jewels in it
0: i don't recall but if you keep talking i'm gonna find a screenshot i'm telling you
1: <laughs> i think it was uh the closed fist one just like the one you see at target and you push a little yellow button in there then it's got all the gems in there no i I, I haven't been known to be wrong about 99% of the time, but I, that's, it's Steve, flashing yes, in my head.
0: Steve, I'm looking at it right now. All of the gems appear to be in that gauntlet.
1: It's freaking stupid, Odin.
0: It is freaking stupid. Yeah, because then he's <laughs> well, got the Tesseract duh, right a... next to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, The Tesseract is the Space Stone. Wouldn't that be the most powerful thing in the vault And she gives that a not bad. I mean, that fire better do something even greater. And when we find out that it resurrection, does that make it the resurrection stone?
1: Well, first off, you know, is it the most powerful thing? Well, duh, it's the most power. It's the power. The power stone is the most powerful thing. It's in the name.
0: Uh, uh, Ah, but we're talking about what's in the vault.
1: What's in the vault. Okay, yes. Um, I don't know. We need to. Okay.
0: I know know we we talk about this every time we are going to do it. (laughs)
1: We need to rank these stones. <laughs> we need to set time aside, and I know the perfect time to do it. Okay. You know, when we when, Wands' uh, wisdom comes up into play in Infinity War. Okay. That's where we rank them.
0: That's, no, we'll put that in the notes. It'll, it, that's where it happens. Um, yeah. But I would think, okay, so the Eternal Flame, I mean, the that can resurrect stone. people. That-
1: you know, it almost been, they called it the Death Stone. Well, that might be a little,
0: or darkly. a, li- a lifestone. I don't know. Maybe the eternal flame.
1: Thor. I don't know, but it is—it is a pretty, you know, important piece for, especially if it's Hella who yes. wants that. But how is she going to get her army back? She can't go get the time stone, Doctor Strange. Well, actually, I don't know. She probably could. She probably just walk right in there and take the time stone. No, nobody's watching it, anyways.
0: Not a chance. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Thor is visited by Loki while waiting for fight and offers an alliance to eventually overthrow the Grandmaster. Loki is clearly afraid of Hela, but Thor is looking to get back in whatever way he can. Thor is prepared to fight the Grandmaster's champion, having his hair cut by someone strangely familiar, Stan Lee, and choosing his weapons. He finds the woman there, who he recognizes as as Guardian Valkyrie. When she is unsympathetic to the plight of her home, he calls her a coward before being forced to go out and fight. Now, I really like the conversations between Loki and Thor in all of these movies, Uh, but... I think I like the conversation between Korg and Thor when they're talking about the hammer. Even more brilliant.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Again, anything with any. When Korg is on screen, I, my ears are open. I, I love every second of when Korg is talking. Yes. I agree.
0: And we find out that the scrapper is a Valkyrie, which this is the first mention of the Valkyries in all of the movies.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, the fanboy knowledge on that, because when I even watched this the second time, I knew nothing of what the Valkyries were. I just know that they were part of Asgard. Yeah, the,
0: the Valkyries were basically Odin's all-female army that was more powerful than whatever Asgard ever has now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the champion is revealed to be the Hulk. Yes! <laughs> Thor, overjoyed at seeing his former teammate attempts to talk as well as negotiate with him, but makes the mistake of calling him Banner. He even tries Black Widow's calming technique, but it fails to work too. Hulk overpowers him during the battle and is close to killing him, but Thor sees a vision of his father causing his powers to surge. As the fight continues, the tables have turned and Thor is winning, but the Grandmaster, unwilling to see Hulk lose since he is a fan favorite, cheats and fixes the fight by activating the disc on Thor's neck. This reveal of Hulk being in the movie was given away in the trailer. And in my opinion, it is one of the greatest foibles in Marvel history. Amazing how, think of how cool this would have been if you didn't know Hulk was in this.
1: Yeah, it would have been a huge reveal. I think they could have done it a little bit better just to kind of, I don't know, maybe have like a shadow or something in in like a trailer. But they could have teased it a lot better.
0: Yeah uh loki's reaction to seeing hulk is a great choice <laughs> since oh. the last time loki saw hulk hulk beat the hell out of him
1: <laughs> that's that that's tom hiddleston he's 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 an amazing actor
0: and you i don't know if you noticed but when hulk grabs thor and throws him around he it's basically the same animation as what he did it to is. loki <laughs>
1: It is, and I'm, that that would I don't know if they I'd have to go back and look at it, but it'd be funny if they shot back to Loki and he just kind of smiles.
0: Yeah, this is a really, <laughs> this is a really cool fight because a lot's revealed. We see that Hulk's there. Hulk is speaking now. Okay, he sounds like a caveman, but he's not. You know, he, but he's talking.
1: And I'll tell you, that was a huge thing. Yes, that we have now talking Hulk, and if people actually like it or not, I remember people talked about this for a long time this whether is a big that bone was the right thing to do or not because that, whenever you had hulk you just hear him groan or munt or hulk smash and then that was it yeah no he's so, a hulk I, <laughs> and i remember right when, when you saw this when i think you probably called me right afterwards mm-hmm. and we uh we talked about it you were you were, I think, hesitant on whether you kind of liked it or not. But I think you might have leaned towards it. Correct me if I'm wrong?
0: No, no, no. I, I didn't know if I was going to like it. And after a while, I did like it uh, throughout the movie. It didn't take me a few watching to watch. I liked it throughout the movie because it fell in line with what Hulk was. It didn't make him too smart. Because I always saw Hulk as the basically the strength of Banner personified into physical strength. And when that happens is he diminishes his brain power. Mm-hmm. So that's why he talks in broken English. Um. So I always looked at it that way, but when we get when we get to Infinity War, when we get to uh, Endgame, I mean, then all the cards are on the table, and it, there's an explanation for it that we'll have to get into when, when we do that movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we liked Thor versus Hulk in the Avengers. This is round two, basically, and I don't think it disappoints.
1: No, I, I mean, I didn't really have much more to add to what you. Are saying because I completely agree. This is one of my favorite scenes out of the entire movie. Is this whole entire battle? And but just I have the, another. I have another.
0: Uh oh, about to happen. <laughs>
1: uh oh. Yeah, Thor,
0: <laughs> Thor just turned I, into Raiden, Steve.
1: He uh, did. Did this? Did, did he ever do that in any previous movies?
0: Uh, summon lightning from his fingertips? No.
1: No, he he didn't like get that like glazed lightning thing over his eyes i could have sworn i thought he did that in a previous movie
0: if he did it it was because he was getting it through mjolnir or okay so okay. he thought so he was getting it through the, so mjolnir. this makes
1: sense now yeah this is an evolution of his character then
0: kind of sort of yes yeah while sitting in her throne helen notes that when odin was king oh we're back on asgard now so no more funny business okay while sitting on her throne, Helen notes that when Odin was king, she was his executioner, and that now she is queen, Scourge is her executioner. Meanwhile, Heimdall, oh, he's here, sneaks into the Bifrost dome and steals the sword, rendering the Bifrost useless. It's revealed that Heimdall has been slowly organizing a resistance against Hela. Without the sword, Hela's, Hela cannot complete her conquest of all the realms, and she sends her soldiers to hunt down the resistance. Heimdall, you sneaky devil. It's, it's nice to see that he's still in the universe and, and more importantly, doing more than just standing guard at the Bifrost or, you know, taking down entire ships of dark elves. Heimdall's. Uh, br- <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. I just thought about this Go as for you're it. reading this and he says, Heimdall has been secretly building this army. Yes. Or that's all this resistance. How long has Hela been an Asgard? Now I'm, I know that's a tough question to answer because we can't go on earth time. And I get that. Uh But did Heimdall know that this was all going to happen? Because, I mean, from what he's created and what he's um, scavenged and built up, that's something that does not take like a couple hours. That takes
0: a while. Well, I think I have an answer for you. And that is he was building this resistance, if you will, when he was fired from his job, if you remember, Loki when he took over got rid of Heimdall and so ever since Loki's reign which was in Thor Dark World Heimdall has been doing this resistance in the background knowing that that's not Odin
1: so is he really doing battling building this resistance against Hela or is it against Loki
0: it was against Loki but now it's going to be repurposed for Hela
1: okay got you now that makes sense thank you Yeah.
0: Heimdall's broadsword skills I think you can agree they're better than Kylo Ren's
1: yeah yeah yes most definitely
0: and uh jesus I'm all, you've done more for protecting asgard than odin has in all three movies
1: <laughs> i've lost a lot of respect for odin oh
0: this, this is the movie that's all over odin
1: <laughs> it really does
0: uh thor awakened oh we're back on sakara now let's get funny again okay Jeez. thor awakened in a luxurious quarters with hulk Hulk refuses to return to Earth because he believes he is hated there and therefore will not leave. He is shown to be friends and sparring partners with Valkyrie, but agrees to trick her into coming into his quarters so Thor can steal her control device and remove the disc from his neck. Ah! Hulk ass! Oh. Uh, I didn't ask for that. No.
1: And I felt just like how Thor did. Yep. Uh, that you saw him get up and then they go, oh, that is. And you know being they, a really Marvel, bad friend <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sorry Marvel, i button. No, you're fine. Yeah, it's just mm. Marvel forced us to think just how Thor was thinking. Yes. And uh, I didn't I, I got that no, I don't want that memory. It's in my head right now.
0: Hulk is li- <laughs> and Hulk is living a pretty damn good life, actually. Why would he want to go back to Earth?
1: Oh, I agree. He's taking hot baths and
0: He's got a hot tub in his bedroom. That's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> hulk acts like banner and him are two completely different beings this is something new now yes and uh i i i can't believe i'm gonna say this thor and hulk are a really good duo on screen they've got good chemistry between these two characters and i'm almost like wow i could this is like a buddy comedy now
1: it is they go back and forth at each other and just bicker like an old married couple
0: yeah <laughs> Thor tries to get to the Quinjet that brought Hulk to Sakaar, but Hulk damages it, not wanting to leave. It is only when Thor accidentally activates a recording of Natasha's attempts to get to Hulk to turn the Quinjet around that Hulk is pacified and transforms back to Bruce Banner himself. Banner has been in Hulk from form since Sokovia, and as a result, the Hulk had completely taken over. Because of this, Banner was powerless and does not remember anything that has happened for the past two years since. He fears that if he becomes the Hulk again, Banner will be gone forever. What'd you think about Hulk transforming?
1: <laughs> okay, so it's actually interesting. I was thinking about this as you were reading. Again, yeah. I do a lot of thinking when you read. Oh. This is, I think, might be the first time where they actually give a reference of time. Yes, because they say, "How long have you been Hulk?" Two years. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but this—I think this is the first time they, you know, put it in Earth time
0: um on, in this movie yes because remember, think, remember there was a Marvel, t- there, there was a time issue in spider-man homecoming when they were doing the eight years the 10 years the seven years this, yeah new york yeah
1: oh this is the first time they actually got it right i guess well this um, takes place
0: two years after age of ultron because that yes. was sokovia so what year was was age of ultron do you remember that came out
1: uh, I want to say 16, 15.
0: I'm looking up. I mean, right this, well, no, I mean,
1: this is 17. Yes. So I got to say maybe 15, 14.
0: Okay.
1: Is- I'm just guessing. I have no idea. But okay. Black Widow shows up again.
0: Yes, she does, Steve. How are you feeling?
1: Well, I didn't get enough.
0: It was 2015, actually. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, there's Black Widow for you. Wasn't enough for you?
1: It was it, it, it was a nice little t- – it was good to see her because when you have Hulk, you kind of need Black Widow. So it was good to see her in there.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Thor loses Bruce Banner in a Hulk parade. I don't know what I like more now. I don't know if I like Bruce and Thor more or Hulk and Thor.
1: <laughs> yeah. I Banner is just completely beside himself, as he should because he hasn't even been himself in two years.
0: Yes. And, and
1: he's he, just like completely – he's a fish out of water, totally.
0: This is the movie – where I believe that Ruffalo surpasses what Ed Norton could have done. Yes. Because Ed Norton wouldn't have the same uh, back and forth with Thor. I, I can see Ruffalo having it, though.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I do think that this is the absolute best Hulk transformation that I have ever seen in a Marvel movie. Yeah? it was The, the CGI was great. Uh, and, and how he slowly, slowly gets back to Banner. Don't okay. know why that stuck out with me, but I thought it was probably the best one that I've seen. All right. It was done very, very well.
0: The Grandmaster orders Valkyrie and Loki to track Thor and Banner down. Valkyrie finds them but agrees to help, having knocked out Loki after he made her see a vision of herself and her sisters falling at Hela's hands millennia ago when she was the only survivor which caused her to turn to drink in misery on Sakar. Loki, not wanting to be stuck on Sakaar, tells Thor he has the Grandmaster's security codes which give him control over his systems. Heimdall has told Thor that they need to go through the largest portal in the sky, which has the unfortunate nickname of the Devil's Anus, to escape, but Valkyrie's ship is not up to the job. They break Korg and Meek out so they can begin a slave revolt as a distraction so they can steal the Grandmaster's personal ship. Loki hasn't fought well since Thor, and he gets his kicked, All the time. (laughs) It's like I said, what does he bring to a fist fight? He
1: doesn't bring anything.
0: Uh, The Valkyrie story, I think it's beautifully put together on screen. It's very classical and comic like, and I almost feel like Zack Snyder directed this portion of it.
1: (laughs) Yes, it did have that look, didn't it? Yes. I agree. Uh,
0: I like that. He calls the team, the revengers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but, But then they call it the devil's anus and I'm like, Stop. Oh, yeah,
1: that was that that was really a little that was tasteless. That you, that was I I did I did not like that. I was like, really?
0: Yeah, we're we're going down to dick and fart jokes now. It
1: uh, goes back to the shake weight, that kind of humor.
0: And I, I, Steve, I don't know if you agree with this. Doesn't it seem like they broke out Korg and Meek a little too easily? They literally just go yeah. through a wall and break them out. so
1: yeah, I guess so. I get. I'm surprised that Cork was not able to do that. I mean. I He is a rock.
0: That's okay, yes. Now, I've got a question for you, sir. Which Thor team up do you prefer on screen? We've got Thor and Loki. We've got Thor and Hulk. And we've got Thor and Banner go.
1: So I'm it took me a little bit to kind of think about this because I didn't know how I wanted to think about it. Do I want to go like the best on screen duo, like in a for like a comedy, or for just like storyline, yeah. For action, I I I'll still think I'll go back to the bread and butter. I think I love Thor and Loki together. Oh. they 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 play the comedy well. I, the only thing I don't like is what, what does Loki do in nothing. a fight? He he doesn't do anything, <laughs> but he makes up for it in his personality. Okay, you know that he can pull strings behind the scene. Yeah. And you don't even see there, and then that's what gives him his advantage, okay. And that's why I still really, really love Thoki. Because, Thoki, Thoki? Thoki. are you that's shipping like, him now? It's like, yeah, no, I, I feel like I just pulled a hand. <laughs> <laughs> there it comes back again, that yep. glorious movie.
0: Oh, so <laughs> yeah,
1: but oh, uh, yeah, Thor and Loki, what do you think? Uh, what, what, what do you prefer?
0: I, on, honestly, I. <sighs> I, I want to choose all three, but I can't. Uh, I'm going to have to choose Thor and Banner. Okay. Because Body you have the that. super strong and you have the super smart. And they rarely are seeing eye to eye with what the other one can do. Like, with Thor and Hulk, they're both strong. But there isn't. Mm-hmm. they need a brain between them. Thor and Loki, you know, it's it's a sibling rivalry. And we really don't see the strength or the, the smarts of either one. It's just kind of like... Like, okay, Loki's with Thor in the elevator as they're going up, and I'm like, oh, they're going to play Get Help. I'm like, Loki, you're the god of cleverness and mischievous. You couldn't think of a plan? <laughs> so I'm going to say Thor and Banner are my favorites.
1: Those two are almost one and the same as Thor and Loki. Almost, yeah. Because, because Loki, yeah, he can't present. They're, they're, Thor and Loki are, are perfect yin and yang, just like, I guess, Banner and, and Thor are, because Banner can't do anything in a fight action wise, but he can get a plan going up. And I think Loki's almost the same way. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. If he is, I mean, he's definitely not smart. I mean, how many PhDs does Loki have? None. Not seven.
0: Not seven. But then again, <laughs> no one really has seven. Okay. So <laughs> Loki inevitably per- betrays them as they are escaping, but Thor quietly placed one of the discs on his back, leaving him being shocked on the floor. Thor tells his brother that he knows Loki will always be the god of mischief, but had hoped that he would have shown some capacity for growth before leaving, with Loki still being shocked and the remote intentionally left out of the reach. Thor gets a ship and eventually reunites with Banner and Valkyrie to make way to the devil's anus while outrunning Grandmaster's goons. Uh, this was kind of mischievous on Thor's end, though, taking a little page from his brother's book.
1: Yeah, it was. He was. Uh, it, it was a great scene. I love that. It's it was a little short-lived which was perfect, you know, the whole get help scene. Yeah, it was but little... it was it, it, it was fun to watch again. It was it felt almost humor-pushed. It was like a we guardian were scene. To kind of get some humor in there.
0: This was a guardian scene. Yes it was. Yeah. Uh Korg arrives with a group of slaves. <laughs>
1: you know what? I don't like that word. Can we change it?
0: Gold <laughs> what a great move on Goldblum's part! <laughs> it really was. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's not use that word. No. Well, what do we call them? I don't know. People who work for you know very little. <laughs> uh, Servants. Yeah.
1: And turns I don't off, know
0: what he And turns off the device on Loki. Later, Loki takes leadership of the group and steals a large ship with them. Okay, so wait. If Korg hadn't saved Loki then Loki would still be alive since he wouldn't be on the ship when Thanos arrives. Korg is responsible for Loki not being in the series any longer after Infinity War. Boo!
1: That is a little depressing, and I like Korg,
0: too. Yeah. Now what do you think? Bad Korg. (laughs) Bad Korg. (laughs) (laughs) So, after all that funniness, okay, back on Asgard. Scourge has civilians rounded up to demand the location of the sword when nobody would speak Hela tells him to execute a randomly chosen woman though Scourge seems to be uncomfortable with this just before he can do so a civilian agrees to tell Hela what she wants to know rather than see an innocent put to death I, I feel like the scene is both necessary and unnecessary <laughs> I mean you need to see how brutal Hela is and how connected the Asgardian people are but this is a weak scene
1: do you really need to know this scene to show how brutal she is? I think you need. To we, see. we didn't. We didn't have that battle scene earlier.
0: Okay, but we had a battle scene against warriors. These people are unprotected now.
1: So you're. So we're really kind of showing how
0: she doesn't care if you're innocent or not.
1: Yeah, she's. She has no. God dang it. Conscience? Remorse. Okay. Remorse. She has no remorse because <laughs> she's going after the yeah the innocent. This the. Uh, peons yes there's there's a Warcraft term Oh, (laughs) yeah I don't know I didn't I don't know but you know what you mentioned a couple times when you go back from the comedy scenes yeah and to the serious scenes I don't know if that's a cinematography thing but I think I I I liked it you know when you needed to be funny Mm -hmm. you know when you needed to turn that switch on and you know when you needed to be serious because you're on Asgard
0: and I have to agree with you for most of it because Although these scenes are serious, unfortunately, though, Waititi accidentally throws in some funny parts in the serious parts and makes them less serious.
1: That's just his personality coming out into it, his director.
0: Yeah. Uh, (sighs) Thor, Valkyrie, and Banner arrive on Asgard. Hela begins an assault on the fortress where Heimdall is hiding the Asgardian civilians, but Thor calls her back to the throne room to fight. Banner and Valkyrie fight to help the civilians escape via the Bifrost, but they're cut off from behind by the undead army and in front by the enormous Fenris wolf. Despite knowing he may never turn back, Banner jumps off the ship and is splayed. You had to do that on the Bifrost in front of Fenris, failing to transform himself. Didn't we already see that once in the original Hulk? You might have, yes. As Fenris lunges towards the Asgardians, Banner transforms into the Hulk seconds later to fight Fenris and Loki arrives with Korg, Meek, and a Sakaran allies who all take on Halos forces to buy time for the refugees to get aboard the ship. Thor is overpowered by Hela, who strikes him across the face. you can go get a coffee right now if you want. Uh, Cutting out his right eye. She is about to finish him off when he once again has a vision of his father in Norway. Odin tells his son that Asgard is not a place, it is their people, and anywhere could be Asgard. Thor states he cannot defeat Hela without Mjolnir, but Odin reminds Dumbo that he doesn't need the feather to fly. Uh, Mjolnir was never the source of Thor's powers, but was simply a focus for them. Odin assures that Thor's powers are greater than his ever were. Hela tries to stop the ship, carrying the Asgardian refugees and Sakaar and slaves from leaving, but Scourge, who has sneaked aboard in disguise in deep regret over how he betrayed Asgard, turns on Hela, kills the rest of her soldiers before she kills him. With his powers in full force, Thor manages to resist Hela and carves through her army to immigrant song, but he realizes she is still too much for him. He and Loki agree that as long as Asgard exists, she will grow more powerful. The prophecy says that in order for Ragnarok to happen, Asgard must fall, and it is their place to ensure it, not to stop it. Thor and Valkyrie hold her off while Loki goes to the trophy room, sneaking past everybody somehow, to retrieve Surtur's crown, noticing the Tesseract unguarded along the way. Uh Uh-oh. Loki places the crown in the Eternal Flame of Asgard, allowing Surtur to be reborn. Now, Loki, I know you took that Tesseract. But a piece of me (laughs) hopes it is because you were hoping to protect it. But we know better.
1: (laughs) Oh, come on. Yes, we do know better. That's why he's so awesome. He always goes back to his original character. He's a lover and a thief. And no matter how good he might seem on camera, they always slide back to his true nature. Yes, And that's brilliantly done.
0: As Hela approaches a weakened Valkyrie, Thor tells his sister that their fight is over and she can have Asgard. Seconds before, the resurrected Surtur emerges and destroys the palace. The now more powerful Surtur begins laying waste to Asgard and Thor takes advantage to the distraction and knocks Hela off the bridge. Thor and Valkyrie discuss the fact that Surtur must be allowed to destroy Asgard as the prophecy foretold. Just as Hulk attacks Surtur. Thor manages to call him off and Hulk grudgingly gives up on the fight and carries Thor and Valkyrie aboard the ship, which escapes. Hela suddenly emerges from the water and begins to impale Surtur, who kills her once and for all. Everyone watches from the ship as Asgard is utterly annihilated, killing Surtur and leaving only asteroids behind. Thor understands now that the destruction of his home was inevitable and that Asgard still exists, but now in its people. Did Korg have to make a joke after Asgard is destroyed? I mean, <sighs> bad tyka. Bad Tyka. <laughs> I mean, this is just ill timing. This is a massive moment in the MCU, and they make a joke about it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of felt the same way when uh, Hulk goes a, and tries to beat up skirt, uh, sur- Surtur. Surtur. Yeah, same thing. And, and then all of a sudden he says, no, 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 no. Come back, big guy. Come back, or I don't know. And he's like,
0: oh like man, come on.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ragnarok is in full force, and he's destroying everything, and then they throw that off.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, this, ma-
1: they make they make Hulk seem like just a big stupid goon.
0: Right, right. I mean, th- and this is what I was talking about earlier, where you have these serious moments, and they're punctuated with a punchline, and it takes away from it.
1: That's why it's good, I think, when you keep it separate, and that's what they've done through not all the movie, but most of it. When you're on Asgard, it's serious. When you're not on Asgard, it's good. you can have your funny parts. You knew when to expect it. But when you mesh them together, it seems a little,
0: mm, just awkward. You know what it was? It was handing Luke Skywalker his lightsaber, him pausing, waiting for that deep moment, and he just throws it over his shoulder. I hated it. That's how I felt watching some of those scenes.
1: I hated it. Yeah. I felt like I felt like J.C. after Civil War. <laughs> hated
0: it. Picked <laughs> off. <laughs> Thor begins wearing an eye patch similar to the one worn by his father. He thanks Loki for returning for him, and the two brothers finally reconcile. Thor then goes to the bridge, and with the surviving Asgardians watching on, takes the throne, which is really Captain Kirk's chair, and assumes his birthright as King of Asgard. With Loki, Hulk, Heimdall, Valkyrie, Korg, and Meek by his side, this new king decides to set a course for Earth, maybe to make new Asgard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you that. This is probably one of the first times where Thor has now accepted the fact that he has to be king of Asgard.
0: Yes. And then we get a post credit scene where Loki asks Thor whether he will be welcome on Earth after the Battle of New York, and Thor assures that he will be. That's a lie. Thor is sure (laughs) that everything will be fine until a much, much larger ship appears behind them. And that, that would be Thanos' ship. We have arrived at Infinity War. Oh, no, we haven't. Uh, we still got Black Panther before we get there. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, what a kick in the Wakanda balls.
0: <laughs> but the worst so part is there is no indication that that actually is Thanos' ship. It took fanboys to tell the media that's what it was.
1: That's, I was going to bring that up because it's at the end of Ragnarok. I know when I first saw this before I knew anything about really Thanos and how great he is. Yeah. <clears throat> hint, hint so He could be a good villain. I was like, what is this? It's just put a little curiosity in the back of some in the back of the fans' head.
0: Yeah, and then we get a second post-credit scene where the Grandmaster is faced down by the I'm sorry, servants, not slaves. He had previously been a master of. tries to declare a revolting draw, but they are not impressed. And like Baron Mordo, we get a tease at a villain who never shows up again.
1: <laughs> the uh, the one with Baron Mordo is, is is that's depressing. This one, because of how goofy and Jeff Goldblum is, I didn't. I mean, I guess he was kind of a jerk villain, but yeah. I got nothing. I got nothing from this scene. This was just like, okay, I, I don't. This is the most pointless post-credit scene. I like the one with Cap at the end of Homecoming a yes. lot better than this.
0: No, you're right. I like that. <laughs> I like that final stab at the end. Yeah. Um, according to the top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter rating of ninety percent, forty-four fresh and five rotten. And the critics gave it a 7.2 out of 10. Uh, the critic consensus reads, exciting, funny, and above all, fun. Thor Ragnarok is a colorful cosmic adventure that sets a new standard for its franchise and the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I feel like if you removed Thor Ragnarok and you put Guardians of the Galaxy on there, it reads the same way. hmm And the audience score, which is the average rating the audience gave this film, is a 4.2 out of 5 with 87% agreeing it's a 3 or higher. But the movie's over, Steve. Were you entertained?
1: Yeah, I had a great time. It was funny.
0: What about you? I had such a. This is a funny, funny movie to watch. Funny, 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 funny. So I had a very good time. But did it have a good enough time? Let's figure out whether the awards got it right and whether this movie is worth your time or not. Did the awards get it right? Okay, the Academy Awards. It got uh, no, 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 no nominations. At the Golden Globes, though, uh, no nominations. <laughs> okay, now there's the Saturn Awards, and it was nominated for two awards. Best Comic to Film Motion Picture, which it lost to Black Panther. So I guess we'll have to revisit this next week. Okay. Yeah. And then Best Supporting Actress it was up for with um, Tessa Thompson. She was up for Best Supporting Actress, and she lost to uh, Denai Guerrero from, from Black Panther panthers so i guess we can't go over that one either until next week uh okay mtv movie awards hey here we go these people always get it right (laughs) best fight thor ragnarok's hulk versus thor fight loses to wonder woman versus the german soldiers Uh, i don't know about that do you even remember the fight say again do you even remember remember the wonder woman fight
1: Oh, vaguely. I remember her coming up and having that iconic, you know, cross the bracers kind of a scene. Yes. After that, it's it's what she's. I I, I think it's just her deflecting bullets. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other than that, I mean, I look at this list and I see Black (laughs) Widow. And the martial arts of Black Panther.
0: Yeah, which.
1: And then the Hulk versus Thor scene.
0: And then we've got the Scene Stealer Award, which went to some woman named Madeline Petch from Riverdale. But Taika Waititi as Korg, Thor Ragnarok, oh. was in this. He should have won this!
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
0: He stole every scene and every tone of every scene in the movie. Yeah, he stole it even when you didn't want it, to, want it to be stolen. Exactly. But that's the end. On to our next segment titled Top 3, Bottom 3. This is where we talk about the three things that we want to highlight in this movie. And then we go over the three things that are bad, unforgivable, or downright travesties. That's where start with the top three. Steve, what are your top three for this?
1: Number three. Yes. The return of Loki. And I think that's putting pretty low on my number three.
0: I would the say so. The return of
1: Loki. He has been my favorite character. If he isn't the first, if he's not my first favorite character, he's definitely not third. Yes. The fact that he's on screen, awesome. The Hulk versus Thor battle scene. Number two, (laughs) action and laughs that fit so well. It's a guy from work. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is so well placed in that, you know? The two characters that have been missing are now back.
0: Yes. Loved
1: it. And number one, but is Thanos, but I only know that because of the fanboys. Yeah. So your number one,
0: technically, that, might be one you can't even get from this movie.
1: <laughs> exactly, and it's just because Thanos is anything. Anything, Thanos can turn and cough and it'd be my number one. <laughs> <laughs> he can be getting that exam. Said, So it's now your turn.
0: Uh, my number three <laughs> is, and I, I've mentioned this before in several occasions, Chris Hemsworth has great chemistry with every single person he interacts with in this movie. I mean, we talked about Thor Thor and Banner, Thor and Hulk, Thor and Hela, Thor and Loki, Thor and Valkyrie. Everybody he talks to, it feels natural. And I think that that's a testament to how good of an actor Chris Hemsworth is.
1: I was kind of thinking of that because you spoke very highly of him. In the first Thor movie, how you loved his acting, and that he should have gotten an award for it.
0: Well, like an MTV award or something, yeah. My number two, Hela is my favorite one-off villain in the Marvel Universe. Because she actually accomplishes her goal of sitting on the throne of Asgard. She may not get to the second part of her goal, which is getting all the realms, but she dispatched basically of Asgard on her own.
1: Yeah, yeah. She so, did accomplish her goal. Yeah, yep. and I'll give
0: you that. And, and she's sassy. <laughs> yes. And my number one is the humor works so well in this movie, and it is actually timeless humor because there's not a lot of pop culture references at all.
1: No, that's really good. Yeah.
0: So those are my my top three. But every movie's got a shit storm. So let's climb into the devil's anus here and tell us what the bottom three are, Steve. So, I've kind of
1: mentioned this before. The CGI, there was, it just seemed like there was a lot of CGI green screen. And yeah. it's just starting to get to me towards the end. There was a lot. Okay. And then I started just noticing, okay. You know? Yeah. Um, number two, Naked Hulk.
0: Uh...
1: You don't need to see it, but you were just like Thor. Everyone thought of it. it. Now it's in my head again. It's still there. And my number one,
0: there's a lack of hello yes there you know,
1: is i wish i kind of would have seen more of her i feel like i got more ronan and rona was a heck of a lot more prominent on his screen had a little bit more but hella did get the better storyline it was more valuable but i would have liked more hella me too <laughs> yeah all right what are yours
0: all right my number three immigrant song is great but the rest of this soundtrack is way too 80s synthesizer for me my number two I think there's a little too much going on in this movie. Like they tried to fit the Thor Hulk escaping the planet storyline into a Ragnarok Hela storyline and it works well, but it feels like a little times that like they forget about when it spends time on the other until the end when they merge. Like when I'm watching the Hela scenes, I'm wanting to know what's going on in Sakaar. When I'm on Sakaar, I'm wondering what's going on in Asgard and the tones are so different that it's like you, you try to fit two movies into one and Instead of melting them into each other, you created a salad where it's like, oh, here's a piece, here's a piece, but they're not going to me- melt into each other. And my number one, they basically say Mjolnir is metaphorically Dumbo's feather to Thor. Which, I, what I don't understand is, how come it was never revealed to Thor that he could do the electricity thing before this moment? Like, it, th- if this had never happened, would he have ever found out? I mean, why keep this a secret?
1: Yeah, I think it finally needed this to happen. That's a very good metaphor for that Dumbo's feather because I think he just had it in him this whole time, and he's just slowly evolving and building his character.
0: Yeah, well, there's a deleted scene where Banner basically calls Thor out, saying it's Dumbo's feather. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. and they deleted it. Forget to watch it. those scenes.
0: Yeah, I deleted. I, I I happened to watch it over the weekend. I was like, oh, let me see here, and I, I was talking. I was like, oh my god, they saw it too, and they put it in the movie, and they didn't keep it in. Come on. Um. okay you ready for the critics rating uh, let's do it alright we use an A to F scale here on the movie planet a C is considered an average A or a 12 is the highest F or a 1 is the lowest C solo if the movie is so bad it receives F's from all the hosts goes to a new category of movie the movie planet global killer where it joins solo a star wars movie as a movie you can watch so bad it's amazing how bad it is So the question Uh, is, what do you give Thor Ragnarok in the comic book feature film genre? Do you want to go first or second, Steve? uh, We're going to have
1: the big guy go second.
0: Okay, so I'm going first? (laughs) Yes, sir. All right. So I'm going to start with a question. Was Taika Waititi the right director for this job? Uh, I I know he's won an Oscar for Jojo Rabbit, but up until this point, he'd really only done What We Do in the Shadows and Hunt for the Wilder People, two incredibly funny movies. So, was Taika the right guy for the job? And I have two answers. Yes and no. Taika was the right guy for the job. The choices made by YTT for each of his characters work so well, and nobody is safe from being lampooned from their past in the MCU. All the things the audience has wanted, to the, uh, wanted the characters to acknowledge when it comes to the ridiculousness of the comic book movie is spotlighted masterfully, and we get one hell of a laugh from it. Taika was the wrong guy for the job. The choices made by YTT for each of his characters works well at the moment, but betrays past motivations as it lampoons each character in the long run. All the things the audience has wanted the character to acknowledge when it comes to the ridiculousness of the comic book movie is spotlighted masterfully, and we laugh at the movie, not with the movie. In other words, this should have been named Robot Chicken Thor. I love Robot Chicken, but there's a lot of choices in this movie that were made for the laugh and not progressing the plot along. This movie, to me, is a C-minus movie because of how much this can feel like a filler episode of the MCU. And why? Because let's list what we actually get in this movie that is important in the long run. Well, let's see. Number one, Odin dies, Hela lives, th- then dies. Okay. Number two, Hulk is found and can talk. All right. Number three, Loki steals the Tesseract. Uh, again. Number four, three villains in Surter. We get Surter, Hela, and Grandmaster. One on Sakaar, two on Asgard. We, number five, we're introduced to Valkyrie, Korg, Grandmaster, and Scourge. Number six, Thor realizes he doesn't need Mjolnir to harness lightning. And number seven, Asgard is destroyed by leaning into Ragnarok. When you think about it, there's really nothing else there. But there's one thing that saves this movie, and it is a big one it's Hela. This is, in my opinion, the greatest villain so far in the MCU. Not only is she practically invincible, she figuratively turns Thor's entire world upside down from his beliefs to his motivations to his understanding of family. This movie paints Odin as a liar and a manipulator of history. Normally, I'd be against that, but Hela is so bad, you can almost agree with the actions of Odin. It's a shame they never used Hela again, because... God damn it, Kate Blanchett, you were born to play that level of evil. And that puts this movie around a B now for me. The action is amazing, and the stakes for the action are real and impressive in their scope. So I can bump this to a B B+. Uh, the soundtrack isn't fantastic outside of Zeppelin, so now we're back to a B-. That does well, though, changing tone from Asgard to Sakaar, B+, but sometimes it takes the wind out of scenes. Now we're leveling out at a B. Thanos' ship showing up at the end is great, but there's no real indication that is what it is unless you are a super nerd. I'm sticking with a B for this one. I think that's as high as I can make this. Mm -hmm. Steve, your turn.
1: Well, what can I say? This is, to me, the most fun out of all the Thor movies this is what Guardians should have been (laughs) it it looked and felt like Guardians but they had a smarter director thank you Disney for Taika Waititi (laughs) the evolution of Thor is complete he had so much personality in the movie and the haircut that everybody hated you know you all liked it in the end he looks like a grease ball with longer hair it totally works out a lot better and I know there was a lot of people that were hesitant on that but really, we're talking about his haircut. Let's get over it. <laughs> My villain analysis. Marvel and Disney dropped the ball on this one. Hella could have been hella awesome. She is the female counter of Ronin, but I give the edge to Hella. Her backstory was so much better, but they both suffered the same exact fate the fact that they were cut short. Overall, I had fun watching it, and it was so vital to the story. It's a must-see and one hell of a ride. <laughs> the important—I <laughs> didn't even realize that till I said it. The importance of this film and how it sets up the rest. I originally said it was vital, but is it really? I mean, other than the fact that they bring Thanos' ship, which again you kind of pointed out, you don't really know unless you're a nerd. Yeah. Every part of my body says a in this film. It was funny and it was fun. But that's the thing. Is Thor now the funniest Avenger? Or maybe the least important Avenger? Maybe this kind of humor should have been better placed on side characters and not two very important popular characters of the Avengers. I feel like I lost some respect for Thor now, and that kind of sucks. I originally had it in A-, and I just talked myself into a B plus.
0: All right. Well, that puts Thor Ragnarok at an average score of a 9.5 or a B, which means it is not cracking our pantheon for comic book movies. A B-plus average gets you in the conversation, which means the competition is getting greater. Now, in the franchise category, we're now 17 movies into the MCU. It's practically cementing itself in second place behind Toy Story, but above Star Wars, which I think is interesting, since Toy Story had a lot fewer movies to grade. But hey, mm-hmm. then be the breaks. Do you think that this franchise is lesser than Toy Story? What do you think?
1: Well, mm, that has yet to be said.
0: Okay, okay. Now it, we're, we're not done yet. We're going to revisit the list of movies in the pantheon, so that if you are looking into watching some comic book movies, these are the ones you're going to want to watch. Uh, number one, Deadpool. Number two, Iron Man. Number three, The Dark Knight. Number four, Batman Begins. Number five, number six, and number seven all have a B B+. Doctor Strange, Civil War, and The Winter Soldier. And I'm not going to lie, a little piece of me is kind of happy that this did not get in there because I would be afraid that Winter Soldier would be going away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think about that. And you know it's funny? When you mentioned we've done 17 movies. Yeah. Four are in the Pantheon.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Four. Yeah. Wow. Uh, But we, okay, we've got Iron Man, Strange, Civil War, and Soldier. Those are the four Marvel ones that we've done there's a fifth marvel one in deadpool in there and we only have two dcs
1: okay so if it, well, i don't okay there's four mcus yeah okay is deadpool really part of the mcu no
0: well it is now oh.
1: <laughs> legally
0: legally it is <laughs> according to the lawyers it is <laughs> uh let's get our critics hats off do you love this movie like this movie or none of the above steve
1: I liked it. I'm not ready to go to the love yet. It was fun. It was fun. I liked it.
0: I I love this movie. I love this movie, even though I can on it a little bit. I love this because no matter what happens, if it's on TV, I can start it up and laugh no matter what scene it's in. Like it's it's a movie where I could put it in. If I'm in a bad mood, I can put this in and giggle.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that.
0: That's all the time we got for today, Movie Planeteers. Next show, we'll continue our look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Black Panther. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, or Spotify, and give us a four or five star review. Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to Movie Planet Pod and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet podcast are those of the individual hosts, and the Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. That being said, Kevin Fleggy, if you hear us right now, we would love to work for you someday. <laughs> All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders, Disney. They are included here for the purpose of review and no infringement is intended. We are sorry. Uh, any words of wisdom for the end here, Steve? Stay.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I just, I just I thought of that scene and I was just like, I'm surprised I didn't mention it because it's just like, oh, it's totally different. I loved it.
0: Thanks for listening and happy movie watching.